2.5K mm-hmm. carrying your murder instrument. In my case, it was a 45-pound club, um, a sledgehammer. You could do anything. Sure. Then you kill 500 people, and then you run 2.5K, and then you row 2.5K for a time. This this is what happened. Oh, buddy. And as you can see, I don't have girl hands. <laughs> they were pruning oh. from so much sweat. Right. Ready? All right. This is the About Violence podcast. Um, today is a special episode um, because we are going to be talking about um, the United States military and in we have one job. Sure, there's lots of different divisions and branches, there's organizations, but our one job is to be the most lethal fighting force on the planet. That is our the one thing. And through that litmus test, should we measure all the things that we do? With me today is Austin, who is an officer in the military intelligence, and um, he is a pretty unique voice within the military community because he's also has a gigantic hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram. I mean, millions of followers and influencer and influence on, on TikTok, um, and growing in a crazy way. I mean, every time I open your page, it seems like there's another 10,000 followers on there. Um, but your, your page is kind of like military satire. Hmm. Um, but you do something we were talking as we were taking a hose shower after grappling uh, about uh, J.P. Sears, who is, uh, who's a brilliant, brilliant comedian. And J.P. does this thing where he takes a really hard issue and he delivers this issue on top of a cracker, which is his comedy and his satire. But on top of it is the caviar, which is like sometimes really deep philosophical questions about culture and society um, and the American way of life and liberty and sovereignty is kind of what he attacks often. You do that with military issues. Sometimes things that are not great about military culture, you make fun of. Sometimes you, uh, you know, you're talking about leadership in a tongue in cheek way. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it's brilliant. Um, so one, welcome to the podcast. And uh, what are you doing in Texas? Yeah. Thanks a lot for having me on, Tim. Um, in Texas now, I'm stationed at Fort Cavazos, formerly Cavazos. Fort Hood. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> formerly Fort Hood. Everybody knows Colleen. Um, I think everybody in the Army knows Colleen. Yeah, not always for good reasons. But yeah, so I'm stationed here. Honestly, I'm trying to do my last eight years in the Army before I retire here and then just stay in Texas. I love Texas. Texas is awesome. There's a cowboy phenomenal. hat behind me. There's a cowboy hat over there next to Doug. There's two cowboy hats in my truck. I got to show you this. As you, you're a man that just bought a new truck. Uh-huh. Um, Doug and I did... Um, we do the, these, this random Tim reviews things and uh-huh. they're the most random things. Children, four wheel ATVs, electric gas. And just like Tim reviews tents, mm-hmm. Tim reviews coolers, Tim reviews truck, cowboy hat holders. <laughs> that was an, that was an episode. We <laughs> ordered 10 of them and I have the, my two favorite are currently in my truck with two, my felt hat and my straw hat. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. It is awesome. I do love hats. Um, but we're in a really special and unique time. Um, the first time in 20 years in the military for me, I am not at war with somebody specific. Mm-hmm. Um, we are also for the first time in my life in the military, my entire adult life has been in some form or fashion, you know, firefighter, police officer. Like I've been doing this kind of work my, my whole entire life. Right. Um, where we're not meeting recruiting numbers. We are not retaining our retention of soldiers record low, mm-hmm. recruiting record low. We are low. And when I say record low, not only are we fo- having a shortfall of, of soldiers that airmen, Marines, seamen um, that are <laughs> <laughs> that are coming in, but we're also lowering by group how many soldiers we need. Right. So if if we're going to be really honest, the numbers are way worse than they're actually saying. Because mm-hmm. like, oh, we 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 sh- we we missed our mark by fourteen thousand. No, first you lowered your mark by forty eight thousand, and right. then you missed your mark by fourteen thousand. So like, uh, bad. Right. You have a long time in as a listed, then now as an officer, mm-hmm. you've 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 been in, you've worn many hats. W- what are your impressions 
not just as a leader in uniform, but also now as a leader in front of hundreds of thousands and millions of people, um, most of which are military. Like, what do you think is going on? Yeah, so I really think that that lack of conflict is contributing, but I also think that our the way that we talk to potential recruits has to change. Um, speaking to a lot of people that have said like, hey, I wanted to join the military and I'm just deciding not to now, and speaking to a lot of recruiters, we can't just throw money at people anymore. Like people do not care about a $50,000 bonus. No. And it, you know, and it's crazy because the economy is not necessarily doing phenomenally right now. You'd think that the money would be a motivator for people and it's just not. I truly believe that we have a large group of young adults who want to feel like they are part of a larger purpose, right? I really do believe God, that. Amen. I was like pumping my <laughs> fist in my soul, but I'm just gonna pump it in. I uh, totally agree. Yeah. Go and on, so sorry. we can't speak to those people with money because they don't care, right? They'll they'll probably take even a pay cut to feel like they're part of something larger. And I, I feel like we're primed to have a more driven force than we ever have when we learn how to talk to those people and get them in. Yeah. Um, communication as as a leader, it is one of the most, if not the most important things, right? I want to communicate up, down, and out. I want to make everybody understand <laughs> what is my intent. How are we going to achieve it? You know, and uh, man, we are failing. Right. Um, I get it. Millennials and Gen Zs talk different. Mm -hmm. They need the reason why. Right. My era. The two, the nine eleven era. Mm -hmm. If you said I need you to run up that hill and kill everyone on top of it, you got to like I need you to run, and I'm already gone. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I I didn't get anything else. I don't care about anything else. But I'm already on my way. You would have had to come into the barracks in the middle of the night with a sledgehammer and smash dudes' knees in for them to not try and finish selection. Zero voluntary withdrawals for special operations. To, it's, it's a different situation right now right? Um, because we are failing to com communicate what is the mission and why it's important to this generation. Right. How do we fix that? Yeah, it's so it's such a great, great conversation to have. And I think where the conversation gets stuck a lot of time is people will try and say it's it's bad or it's negative. They try and keep it there. We just have to accept that it is, right? We have a new generation that sees things differently. We can either meet them where they're at and try and get them to meet us where we're at as well. Like, right, we meet each other halfway or we can just rag on them, which doesn't solve anybody's yeah. problem. Um, I think social media is going to play a critical role in that, right? Reaching mass amounts of people. It's like a recruiter's wet dream to make one post that takes about five minutes to edit and reach a million people, yeah. right? Like how many recruiting battalions would it take to do that? Reach a million people. I'm actually, I've done this math before, right? As I was talking to people about how we are failing to communicate. You by yourself have more influence with this entire generation of those in uniform and those aspiring to be in uniform than every single rec recruiting battalion combined and every single division commander combined. No kidding. You by yourself. I mean, I believe Not to it. make it weird, but <laughs> um, you, 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 I mean, th think about a second about your impressions right. of a single post. Mm -hmm. Now, how often do you create content? A daily. You do three to four a day. It seems like sometimes. Yeah, I do 10 a day. Yeah, it's crazy. High volume of output. Each one of those posts having anywhere from 500,000 to 5 million impressions. Right. Cumul times 10 times 30. So now you look at all of the other um, from the regiment, look at recruiting and commanders, combine all of their, they're doing one post a week. Right. Sometimes, n not even. And they're terrible. It's a photo like that. You know, <laughs> join special forces. It's a must-have job. Have some commitment. Dio Presto Bear. I have the thing because I love it. <laughs> what about this one? Um, it says more about you than you'd ever, you'd ever say about yourself. Special forces. That was from 1982. <laughs> I love it. I do too. <laughs> um, it's like you in one month will do what they will do, not even cumulatively, collectively, like, like the aggregate of all of their things together, but maybe even in like a year. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. We are failing to reach this generation. That is just numbers of communication. More important is how the thing that we are saying is resonating with them. Mm -hmm. And the way that we've been communicating with the genera this, these generations, we have been doing it wrong. Um, 
So how do you do it? Because you do it in a really cool, fun way um, to, if, if you do not follow, um, this man on social media, you need to go and follow him right now because it's absolutely hilarious. Um, it's mandatory fun day, and I think it's the same across all platforms. Uh-huh, it is. Yep. And um, so I don't don't give away your process, but like for your muse and your inspiration, where are you coming up? Because I mean, you pump out some a ton of content. Some of it's hilarious. Sometimes it's heavy. Sometimes it's uh, it's like not heavy, but it's philosophical. And I'm just like, man, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. How are you doing this? Yeah, it's funny. Um, well, really, like, as far as my process goes, it's almost like a curse at this point because ideas will literally just pop into my head. Like, I'll get, like, I always go back to mustaches, right? Like, the dude that's so focused on people's mustaches. <laughs> The dude that's focused on people's mustaches, but he's never asked how anybody's doing, right? That's that. I hate that guy. And that guy is present in our ranks, right? It's dwindling, but he's still there and or her, right? But ideas literally just come to me and then I kind of try and figure out how I want to deliver it. And I have a couple different like delivery methods, I call them for content, right? I got the veteran stuff that I do. I've got the back and forth skits yeah, that I do. Yeah, the back and forth where it's like, I'm the good guy, I'm yeah. like the bad guy, I'm <laughs> yeah. the jerk. I'm, those are, do you also switch hands when you do that? It's like this hand and this hand? <laughs> I do. Yeah. So uh, there was a point in time when I was literally doing it all as one take and then I'd cut it and I'd mirror the video. And I, I realized like a couple months in, I was like, I don't have to be doing this because it's way easier to do like a 30 second clip, a 30 second, you know what I mean? Yep. Cause I would mess something up and then I'd have to start oh, all over yeah, yeah. and it's like, Oh, it was such Can a nightmare that yesterday. Yeah. But yeah, so it, it's been a lot of fun. And what's been really crazy is I started out, I had a lesson in the posts, right? There was always a lesson there, but I've never thought of myself as somebody who's just this, this like leadership teacher. You know what I mean? I'm a first lieutenant in the army. What do I have to teach anybody? Yeah. But I've heard people. Definitely not land nav. <laughs> That's so funny because I really do suck at land yeah. nav. But you all do. It's fine. <laughs> but I've had people come up to even like senior NCOs, you know, majors, lieutenant colonel, 04s and 05s in the army. And, um, and they're like, you know, I love your leadership content. And I'll ask them like, what leadership content are you talking about? Cause I do like one leadership post every couple days, one specific leadership post every couple days. And they'll be like, oh, your, your video on like, uh, yeah. I'm like not having people in formation when they don't need to be. And I'm like the joke post, like yeah. the post where I was making fun of stuff. And they're like, yeah, your leadership post. And I'm like, that's how people view this content. That's how I view it. Yeah. They view it as a leadership lesson. And it, that was interesting to me. Cause I'm like, I'm just delivering humor, right? Yeah. That's what I thought I was doing. But they, people now see me as a leadership guy. Yeah. So, but the, 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 the position that you are talking about these issues from, like, even though you're making fun of it, um, and th- this is a testament to kind of like your, your character mm-hmm. and your integrity and your soul is you would see the, the, the shortfall in this thing. And that's why you're making fun of it. Right. Cause this is a mistake and this is a bad thing. And we as leaders do not need to be doing this. Yeah. So you're going to make fun of it. So of course it's like the first time I, I came across your stuff, I was like, this is genius because you are really truly talking to a generation of both leaders and subordinates. Cause the subordinates are like, yeah, that is dumb. <laughs> you know, that is stupid. Yeah. I don't want to be like cool. The, the formations at zero five. So then like the, the squad leaders are, all right, everybody be here enough at a uh, four Right. And then the, or the platoon daddy's like four forty five, yeah. and the squad leader's like, no, 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 be be here at four thirty. And then by the time you get to the team leader, he's like, no, be here at four. Yeah. And we're an hour before the. Fr- I think and that was all- sitting around. And then whatever you were there for isn't going to start until two hours later, because the guy that set the original time, <laughs> he's going to be late. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's never going to be there. But it it is a leadership thing, and um, but back to like the way that we're communicating, you're communicating in a really effective way. If you go down in the comment section, mm-hmm. and well, and I'm sure if you experienced this first person as people have come up and talked to you, they are one being acknowledging and recognizing leaders are being like, yeah, man, you need to hit that, the nail on the head there. And then so, sometimes like some the lower enlisted or even new officers are like, Ooh, yeah, that, uh, that kind of makes me uncomfortable. Right. Like what are your impressions of that? Well, one of the most rewarding moments of my life was a lieutenant colonel, right, 05 in the Army, reaching out to me and saying, I have changed my battalion policy based on your content. 
and the formation thing was one of them because he he didn't know what was going on right because he's doing lieutenant colonel things right and he didn't strike me as a person who was not present in the formation but when you're a battalion commander things take you away right you cannot physically be there all the time and so he started asking questions he changed a ton of different policy based on the things that i was bringing up because i think what a lot of senior guys don't understand is petty things are no longer petty when you're dealing with dozens of them, right? Yeah. It's not just formations. It's not just the guy who's like getting on to people about mustaches. It's like dozens of things, right? And and we're driving people out of the military over petty nonsense yeah. that doesn't need to be happening. You know what I mean? Man, I was having a, a conversation with um, a young woman yesterday. She has been in the military for 13 years. I'm not... Um, she's getting out. Mm-hmm. I'm not free to like give her whole story but I'll, I'll give the X I'm here is that she has not felt as if she was making a difference her entire career. She feel, had felt as if she wasted 90% of her time every single day on petty, tiny, little, yeah. inconsequential things. I believe it. And most important was that she felt that the army had taken issues such as sexism and weaponized them. Mm-hmm. And she as a woman in the military, no longer felt before, you know, she had the freedom of, of movement and liberty to, and I, I know there's lots, I'm not a woman, so I, I've never experienced this. I've honestly, within special operations, there are so few women right. that I've, I've rarely even worked with them. But from her position was now everybody was so cautious yeah. around her that they traded her like an alien. Right. They didn't even want to be in the same room with her. You know, they didn't want to have to be in a truck and drive to the range with her. Right. So she felt like she was this abomination. And she's like, 13 years, I'm proud I got an opportunity to serve my country. She's seven years from retirement. Right. And she's like, I'm out. And I just... Tell me more. And man, she just poured her heart out and it broke my heart Mm -hmm. because it was leadership failure after leadership failure. It was communication after communication failure. And then top down, it was high executive level, you know, from like Pentagon down. Hey, no, these are all the courses, you know, CR 100. You have to take this other online class. You have to take this um, new LGBTQ in inclusion class. Right. You have to do this rape prevention class. You have to, you know, you can't even deploy unless you have these like 19 hours of yeah. online training. And I'm like 19 hours of what I should be doing on the range or what my job is. Right. And it broke my heart. Yeah. Broke my heart. How do we fix this? Yeah, I believe it. Um, I'll tell you as an NCO, I did things in the first three months of being a butter bar that I had wanted to do for years in an NCO, right? Off-site PT, right? Yeah. The first thing I did, I got back, and and as an NCO, I had to go to the platoon sergeant, or I had to go to the section sergeant first, and then I had to go to the platoon sergeant, and then I had to go to the first sergeant, and one of those dudes is saying no. One of those dudes is like, we're not doing off-site, but you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, why? Why can't we just get away from here once every other week? And so the first thing I did, I just walked straight into the commander's office. I had my con op already, my pretty little lieutenant con op, yeah. right? And I was like, sir, this is what I want to do. And he was like, send it. We went and did rock climbing, right? They had a rock wall on post. I've never seen anybody use this rock wall on post, which brings me to another thing. The amenities that were given and the roadblocks that we put in front of people for using them. I've literally never seen a soul use that rock wall other than my section during PT that one day. We used it a few times. Every other week we would go and do something else. And, and it was funny. I I finally got to do that thing I wanted to do because I didn't have barriers in front of me as a Lieutenant, right? People make fun of butter bars, but I was able to just go talk to the company commander. I did it. Um, and then I had somebody walked by one of the NCOs in my, in my unit and he was like pissed. We were on the rock wall and he wasn't even in my section. I'm like, bro, mind your business. Get out of here. Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? It was just, it was weird. And I think, I think that that is her sentiment, right? I think that's the kind of stuff she's frustrated about. It's so hard to to do anything with purpose because it feels like there's always somebody in your way. Like we can't get out of our own way, so to speak. Yeah. We, why we put sometimes a bureaucratic process, why we're, I don't be the guy that makes a bullet point on a safety brief, you know, like Mm -hmm. that ongoing joke, but there's a bullet point on a safety brief because it's happened. Right. Um, you know, hate Ron Paul, love Ron Paul, 
you know, he had this idea that we can't make a new law unless we get rid of the existing old law related to that thing. Yep. Um, sometimes with military policy, I'm often like, you know, range requests. When I would go to range control and be like, hey, I want to do this thing. Here's my brief. Like, how do I get this approved? Mm-hmm. And they come out with like this book. You know, there's like little tabs in here and there's like color coded things and they start like weaving through it's as as if they're like trying to break down the elvish language of a tolkien novel yeah you know and i was like (laughs) that is what it feels like what the fuck are we doing here you know like i want to use a range to do necessary training to go do this job this is one of my metal tasks and i've been asked to do this training and you are the thing that's standing in my way not only are you in your position in my way but then you brought out a book yeah that has a bunch of things that we need to do so that I can do this thing that I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with us? You know, um, and we just keep adding layers to that, yeah. but never taking any away. Um, risk as an officer, um, it's on you, right? Right. Like it is your signature on my risk assessment. You know, it, it is your signature and it's your responsibility. And I, I will never point to a career because somebody that is doing something for their career's sake, yeah, I hope you f- step on a landmine, <laughs> but it is ultimately your responsibility. Right. And we have been so risk adverse. This is a dangerous job. Mm-hmm. Guys are going to be at Fort hood and the truck is going to go into a low water crossing and people are going to drown. Yeah. It rains where we go to war. You know, you are going to have soldiers at ranger school. They're going to die of hypothermia. It is cold in other places in this world. Mm -hmm. You are going to have people that are going to be heat cats from overheating. And yes, we're going to have to do some really weird things with cold water to try to get their core body temperature dropped down. We've been at war for 20 years in the desert. Mm -hmm. It is a dangerous job. We have to assume some risk. 100%. How do we start being less risk adverse and convincing those that have to assume the risk why it's important yeah so i i've i haven't been a commander yet and i feel like i'll have a lot better perspective on this once i'm a commander um but how i feel currently right because as soon as i commissioned right and i and i did i did my first uh, i did the con op right for the offsite pt it's like something flipped in me right i'm not an nco anymore i'm not like just charging through <laughs> like leap first look late you know what i mean yep. like and, and I really did. I took the, I had to take the time to figure out like, gosh, what, what risk is there associated with, well, somebody could, you know, the equipment could fail on the, on the rock wall and somebody, you know, hurts their ankle. Right. And now we got a, now we got a person who can't do PE. Anyway, we, right now, how it feels for a lot of people is that if they make one mistake, their career is over and we got to get away from that. Right. <laughs> I don't know if that's, that's truth everywhere. I think it's truth some some places, depending on who your commander is or who your leadership is. But I think that's how pretty much everybody feels. And as long as people feel like that, they're going to be way too risk averse. Because like when we're too risk averse, we're not trying new things. And then we're not problem solving, right? Like yeah. we're just doing things the same way we've always done them, which sometimes is what you have to do. But we do need new people to bring in new ideas. I've had a ton of people tell me like, oh, I wish every single officer was a Mustang. I don't think that's good, right? I think guys that come straight out of college, they don't have bad knees and a bad back first off, right? (laughs) So they can run better and ruck better, but they also bring just a fresh way to look at things, right? In OCS, I was continually baffled at like, I would have a way that I thought we needed to do this. And I was a staff sergeant before I commissioned, right? There were very few things we did at OCS that I didn't have some kind of conceptual understanding of, but I would continually be like shocked these guys fresh out of college would have these ideas and we'd try them and they worked great huh. you know what i mean it was phenomenal yeah um and then and then you know there were there were a lot of times when i was able to help them out right um but i think we need both right and yeah, for yeah sure the the risk the assumption of risk is the fundamental difference between officers and ncos right and, and it does feel like we're way too risk averse right now the um you know, we just got done doing Heroes Jiu-Jitsu, mm-hmm. and uh, your Jiu-Jitsu is great, by the way. <laughs> I appreciate it. And I, I also love that you're not fat. <laughs> I hate fat officers, and I hate fat soldiers so much. Like, um, the moment I... They try to, like, they to save some people having to, like, me just come off the top rope. They won't even... Somebody will walk in the front door, like, hey, is, um, is Master Ron here, or is, is Tim here? And they're like, yeah, he... You don't want to see him because they're just trying to save him. What will be like 
why are you fat? You wear, you, you know, like, I just, yeah. I, it gets weird. Um, so, Juan, you're great out there. But one of the many things I love about jujitsu is you, like, I just forced the entire class to do th- some things most had never done before, which was to be on the back, so, you know, where you kind of mm-hmm. choke and attack people from in a way that they probably haven't because it's an old school wrestling leg ride. Mm-hmm. But I made jujitsu guys do it. Um, this is that. I have to try something new. It may not work for yeah. me, or I might fail at it for a while until I'm able to implement it in a way that works for me. Um, we don't do that in the military. Right. Like, I know doctrine. It's important. Sure. I, I love historical data. I love reviewing AARs of similar missions. Um, l- lesson learned are, but man, sometimes doing something new is awesome. Yeah. Especially when it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But in training, that is the time that you do something 100%. new. Hundred percent. And man, it's great when it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, the uh, have you ever heard of like the term full benefit? This is awesome. So, um, John McPhee. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even hundred percent sure. The first time I heard somebody say it was him, but John McPhee, the sheriff of Baghdad, um, he was a Delta Force operator. He was my boss for a long time. Mm-hmm. Hard guy to work for. <laughs> Um, Ranger Regiment kid growing up before he came to Special Forces, degree Green Beret, and then he went to the unit. And right. so like he's had a, a storied career. Um, we're going to go do a 12-mile ruck to the range mm-hmm. where we're going to do some cool stress test. Sure. And uh, we, you know, Tim, you order the ammo, sit on the range. Cool. All we got to do is walk there, go do this event. We show up that morning, 6 o'clock, and it is pissing rain. And I was like, man, this sucks. You know, like, are we going to push this a week? And he's like, no, man, full benefit. It's like, full benefit? He's like, yeah, we're going to walk in the rain. We're going to get wet. We're going to see whose gear is waterproof. We're going to see whose gear is tied down. Well, by the time you get to the rain, we're going to see who's walked their boots in the rain before. We're going to see whose equipment. Um, did you not put new batteries in? Because, uh-huh. like, if you haven't put new batteries in and you didn't tighten that thing down and water gets in there and it starts corroding by the time you get there in North Carolina, that thing's not going to work. Yeah. And good luck trying to compete on a Special Forces ODA running iron sights all day. Oh, wait. Did you even put on your backup sights? Did you zero them? That's so funny. You know? Yeah. Full benefit. And um, it was this idea of, like, I want challenge. I want failure at every single training juncture yeah. because we're going to learn from it. I don't see that anymore. Right. Yeah, we I mean that's how we train. We try and train like when you go when you do like warfighters, when you do NTC, JRTC, they I hate put, that you love those things. <laughs> I, first off, I don't love those things, but I do think they serve a good purpose. They are a great great important everybody must go. Yeah. But man, I hate them. Uh there's NTCs I've done it 3 times now. It's the most miserable place on earth, I swear. But we position ourselves in the worst way possible when we do those things, right? Like when I've done two warfighters now, one as a, as a 35 Fox staff sergeant, all source intelligence analyst, now one as an MI officer. And, and they stack the deck against us, right? Because we want to train under the worst conditions possible. Because if we can even have some degree of success, we will, we will melt, we will melt the adversary in real life. You know, and I think that's, I think that's what he's, you know, getting after with full benefit. I'm going to remember that though. I'm going to start using that. Yeah. He's a good one. You go down that road of John McPhee. Uh You got war lessons from John. You got, he, he runs a great shooting company, um, teaching a ton of tier one guys and, and, and really talented law enforcement about how to shoot. I think he does some civilians too, but he's a, he's, he's a monster of a human. Like yeah. just, he's a powerhouse. Um, so we're, we're talking this generation, mm-hmm. the Gen Z's millennials communicating differently. How do we reach them? How do we speak to them? How, how do we inspire them? How do we make and not make is the wrong word because that's not how you do it. How do you plant this this aspiration of wanting to serve? Right. Well, I think they already have it in them, right? I think like we talked You're about. So sweet. <laughs> so uh, the reason I think that is, right, with the millennial generation and younger, you're seeing people that very clearly want to do good in the world, right? They want to do it right through um, – you know, the social justice things are doing. Sometimes that goes a little off the rails, right? And I think everybody has a little bit different opinion on how that's going and, you know, what that is. But 
they clearly want to serve a larger purpose, right? Figuring out how to communicate to them that that's what we do in the military is is what we need to do, right? How many, every single natural disaster that happens in the United States, the United States military is there, right? We're serving a purpose yeah. there, right? Um, every, like many natural disasters that happen around the world we're present at, right? Um, not to mention the fact that our Navy is like one of the linchpins of global security, right? If you haven't done any reading on what's going on in the South China Sea, you know, over the last 10 years, right? Our Navy is continually there. Just their yeah. presence serves a purpose. Do you see a nuclear Chinese submarine <laughs> crashed yesterday? <laughs> it literally sounds like the last scenario we did in, in one of my training exercises. Crazy. We're living in wild times. Um, you're right, a hundred percent. And you, you you said social justice. A, lo- a lot of conservatives, libertarians, like even middle of the road people are like, "Ew, icky." Yeah, there, it, and it has been messed up mm-hmm. of late. The military does do sh- social justice, right? We, um, and it always has, and it always has, mm-hmm. and we have pushed the envelope in such a beautiful way in ways that the rest of society was not comfortable with before people were integrating schools and public schools Mm. the military had already integrated all races into schools we had pilots the first black pilots fucking america yeah first time that you had a tank division that had had it harder than anybody else to do what Patton did he gave them the hardest job because they were the hardest trained and had been trained and had been training harder than anyone else Mm -hmm. he didn't give it to them because he hated black people he gave it to them because that was his best unit and that is uh, we've been doing it right for a really long time we haven't been doing it perfect we mess up often so like to all the the young you know spirited I want to make a difference in society Put on a uniform. Oh, absolutely. Throw a flag on. Yeah. Like, you want to serve with the best and the brightest where truly, like, I don't see race? Do you see, like, I swear to God, I have, I care about one thing and that is how you do your job. 100%. I do not care if you're gay. I do not care if you're a man. I don't care if you're a woman. I don't care if you're black. I don't care what you are. You're good at your job or you're not. Yeah. You can meet the standard or you can't. That's it. Yeah. It is so beautiful to see it in real life and nowhere else in America is that happening right. more beautifully than in service. Mm-hmm. How do we tell people about that? Yeah. So that, I mean, largely that comes down to what we communicate as influencers, right? Our recruiters have a big impact, obviously, right? They're on the ground. Um, but if you look up the statistics of, of you know, especially... 14 to 17 year olds, right, are our kind of next gen of recruitable population. They are online all the yeah. time, right? They're on YouTube all the time. They're on Instagram all the time. They're on TikTok all the time. And, and when I say all the time, I'm like mo- multiple hours a day. Our influencers and our ability to empower people who are also online pushing content and content that resonates with people, because that's, that's a big deal too, is going to be critical critical in re- in recruiting the next generation. I believe a lot of our recruiting shortfall is because we have been s- like absolutely unjustifiably terrified of social media for yeah. like, you know, like even since MySpace, yeah. you know? Well, oh, I, I know. <laughs> so I have been doing this a really long time. And I remember walking to special operations recruiting battalion. Um, I was top 10 fighter on the planet. Uh-huh. And my sergeant major had done a good job insulating and protecting me from the rest of the larger army. Mm -hmm. I was getting to fight. I would put in my leave. I would go and fight. I would come, I'd put in a four day leave. You know, I'd leave on like a Thursday night, um, weigh-ins on Friday, fight on Saturday, fly home on Sunday. And I, man, make sure I had to ice something if I had to, but I'd be in formation on Monday morning. And, um, then command, command sergeant major, was sitting there in Fort Bragg, North Carolina at a pretty famous bar and he's watching the television and he sees a shaved head guy um, that's jacked and they're like, this ranger out of Fort Bragg, North Carolina fighting for, and he's like, we don't have rangers in North Carolina. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's, that's one of my guys, isn't it? And he's sitting there staring at him and he's like, Tim Kennedy. So he goes and he, you know, he, he looks up and on on the global email, you can search by name, you know, and lo and behold, there is a staff sergeant, 
Tim Kennedy, that's assigned to this unit on Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Uh-huh. You know, he shoots my sergeant major an email. I get back on Sunday. I show up to my job on Monday, and he's like, "Hey, man, we got to go see the general." I walk this 100% true story. I walk in there and I was like, "Sir, I there are more people watching that fight. I don't want anything from the army." I'm going to keep doing my job and I'm going to be the best at my job that they're possible that I could possibly be. I promise. Um, you have an opportunity to reach an audience that people are paying billions of dollars to reach target audience, 19 to 25, 15 to 21. That's all that watched MMA at the time. And And they're watching MMA, right? That's the people we want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) The people that are at least interested in that. You can have them for free. Uh-huh. Put go army. I mean, I'll, I'll go recruit for everything. Just let me do my job. I just want to be an 18 Bravo and then let me fight because I got the dog in me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, mm, so we're going to have to find something else for you to do. And then a few months later, I go to special operations recruiting battalion. Cops. And uh, I was like, do you understand what the opportunity is here for you? NASCAR, you just paid millions of dollars for them. I am, I'm the, people are offering me hundreds of thousand dollars to put a patch on my shorts. Mm-hmm. I'll do the whole thing in camo and like, let's go army. You know, like, let's, yeah. let's do this thing. Social media, like I already have tens of thousands of people following me. And they're like, man, we just can't do this. We are so far behind because we're so risk adverse. Yeah. But it's such an opportunity now more than ever, you know, for us to really speak to people that want to serve. Yeah. I do think it's getting better, right? Like um, initially in my unit, some of the some of the leadership had some misgivings, right? But I had my battalion commander was like, "Hey, he's doing good things. Let's just let him run with this." And you know, and um, but that it, could change with any next commander. Yeah, and and that's a problem. Yeah, and not that I want there to be doctor, and not that I want there to be, to be policy, because yeah. there's already too much of that. But how about we trust the soldier, right? Like, how about we do that first and foremost? It's like, let me look at this person, not just their integrity, pull every single one of my NCOERs for the past 20 years. Look at every single one of my my superiors writing my performance evals for my entire career. And you're going to see one thing the whole entire time is that, man, I fucking love the army. Yeah. You know, but now you're going to sit there in a, in a, in a, in a position of authority and doubt my motivations and purpose of what I'm trying to do. 100%. You may, you may not like or understand how I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, cause you, even though you get like, I'm going to say 80% positive, um, feedback in comment sections yeah. and so, which sometimes turn into a debate about uh-huh. a specific topic topic, uh, do they? but then there's, there's also 20%, 10, 20%. Oh, they're like. Fuck this guy. Yeah. You know, he's got it wrong. Um, he shouldn't be doing it. Like, oh, wait, he what, is he on his lunch break doing this video in his car? Yeah. yeah. C- could he not be writing a risk assessment? Could he not, like, be doing, like, military intelligence stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, they don't get it. Yeah. You know what's funny about those people, that 20%? They're usually the people that I'm making fun of in the videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're probably 100 percent right about that. <laughs> like, I don't like mustaches. Fuck this guy. Yeah, <laughs> I like my mustache. Ugh. Those uh, those Air Force kids that dro- drove in from Mex- from New Mexico, seven hours to come here and to train, and uh-huh. then they see you. Did you know? Like, do you realize how far they're geeking out about you? No, I didn't. So the, those two kids, I was like, these dudes drove in from North from New Mexico. They drove seven hours to come here today. Oh my god! They didn't know you're gonna be here. And they were so like shell shocked, really, that you they, they couldn't even walk up to you. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty rad. That's so fun. It's so funny because it's all happened so fast for me. I don't know how I don't know how your growth happened. I, I mean, I've followed you for a long time, but I haven't paid super close attention. You're huge now, obviously, right? Yeah, that's but, what my wife says. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. I'm a tiger like. But it, it, it's happened in less than a year. I've gone from no online presence to having well over a million followers yeah. across four platforms. And we talk about where we bumped into each other. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we were in Poland and, um, yeah, I think you were a third of the following that you have right now. Yeah. It might've been even less one year ago. Uh-huh. It, it was like a hundred, 200,000 yeah. on Instagram and you know, a couple hundred thousand on TikTok, mm-hmm. And then one year later, um, it's, three times that that audience size right it's crazy mm-hmm. it's awesome yeah. it's a testament to to your creativity and, and, and creation and um and but also like the why you're doing these things mm-hmm. um 
how do we keep this going? Yeah, so honestly, and I, and I have a lot of people that I talk to now. I have people where most of the time, if I'm like, most of the time, if I'm nervous on a video idea, I just don't post it. But if I really want to, if I'm like, I think this is a good point to make, I'll run it by a couple people. Like, hey, is this professional? Is this getting yep. the right message across? Same. I have to go down this murder row. <laughs> Yeah, I bet you do. I'll walk down to Sar- Sergeant Major Matt Smith and be like, Sergeant Major, am I good? He's like, no, <laughs> you're insane, you know? <laughs> so by the time it'll like, you know, there's a full bird colonel here that monitors my stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, that's not her only job, but right. she she does. And man, um, by the time it gets to her, I've probably had five senior, senior, command sergeant majors, sergeant majors, full birth. That dude right there is a dev group com- like colonel mm-hmm. right there in this office. And he looks at everything that goes up before it goes up. Right. So by, by the time somebody that's like, you know, maybe you should I'm like, do you know what? You're wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. You're wrong. And here's the reasons why. And I've, I've, I've had like really brilliant people already break this down. And the version that I didn't go with, here's the reason that I didn't go with it. And this is the reason why I'm going to post this. Uh-huh. Man, those people. <laughs> they wear me out. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you've noticed I got a dog in me. I don't have like the, the not fight back thing. Uh-huh. So when somebody's like, no, this doesn't make sense. I was like, no, you're stupid. <laughs> That's what the problem is, is there's nothing wrong with this. Oh, man. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I, I, tr- I try and just keep the message positive, right? Like, that's what I'm trying to do. And, like, you know, I try and stay away from the divisive stuff because really what I'm trying to promote is healthy leadership, you know? Yeah. Like, when you do that, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to find, um, oh, look at that. Matt just posted you. Ah, <laughs> that's awesome. You, you don't understand how badass this human is. Yeah, when, we're not, when, when we're not on air, I will go like everybody was like, okay, he's the director of sheepdog response. You know, I know he came with the special operations community. I know he was the unit for a while, you know, like, oh, I know that he's like halo scuba, you know, he's been in every single conflict that the American military has been in the past 20 years. Okay. I, I like when you start like putting these things together, just saying it, saying it's solid resume. It's just wild. Yeah. You know, it's like John wick times 10. <laughs> You know, like it makes John Wick's numbers look like Trump numbers. Um, oh, and now, now Yako has you up. That's Dude, so the whole funny. office is just like freaking out about you. <laughs> awesome. All right. Okay. It feels good to make people happy, right? And now, like, I've literally shown up to like a, a unit was coming back um, from. I can't remember where they're coming back from. They were coming back though. They had done nine months somewhere, right? And the battalion commander reached out to me, and he was like, "Hey, would you be willing to just show up and take some pictures with people?" And I was like, "Absolutely, That's so awesome, absolutely." And I showed up, and people were cheering. And I'm just like, I don't know if I deserve this. You guys don't even know who I am personally. Yeah. I could be a terrible person, but they were so excited to see me. And it, it's just, it's fun to make people happy, especially our community is its own worst enemy sometimes. Yeah, we eat each other alive. Oh, we eat, eat we're so negative to each other. And and we're like, uh, we get the, these negative spirals, right? There's like a lot, a lot of depression, anxiety, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, it doesn't need to be that way. And that's what I, I try. I, you can laugh or you can cry yep. and I choose to laugh. Yeah. Right. If it's it, a choice though. Yes. It hundred percent is a choice. Right. And when I accepted that was a huge turning point in my life, right. Three or four years ago, I really worst year of my life. And, um, and I realized that I was choosing to focus on things when I had all these blessings, yeah. right. I had all these blessings and, and, so you can focus, like, you can be like, oh, God, it sucks. We're here in formation. It's 105 degrees. Or you can just laugh about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, we're sweating. We're all sweating. But sweat is running down my ass, right? But we're just going to laugh Full about benefit. it. <laughs> Full benefit. That's right. Do you um, do you follow Kagan Dunlap? Yeah. yeah. Dude, another. So an opposite delivery method from you. There's not a lot of humor in in his, you know, um, he, he comes from a, a really beautiful community mm-hmm. and he has a great combat background. Um, right now he's talking a lot, you know, we're at the two year anniversary of the fall from Afghanistan. Um, tomorrow will mark the two year anniversary of the Abbey gate bombing mm-hmm. this day, exactly two years ago, 25th of August, 2021 wow. was one of the worst days of my life. Yeah. Um, can I sit here and reminisce about 
seeing dead babies and me failing to get a bunch of people. There, there's a moment where I was bringing almost 400 special forces commandos, their wives, their families, pilots, um, even even some Americans in mm. like one big huge effort because we knew our time was running short right. on this day, and I got hemmed up, and the mission was a failure, mm-hmm. and I took 400 people and we had to throw them back into Kabul. Like nightmare epic stuff. Right. Um, and right now, Kagan's doing every single day. How many posts is he doing in a day? He does a lot. Dude, he, he does a ton. Um, but he's talking, you know, he's interviews with all these these Marines and 82nd Airborne guys that were at, um, at H. Kaya during, during the withdrawal. Um, he's doing their interviews. And he's also these kids, these soldiers and these Marines are sending him videos from the ground right. and man, they're good. Yeah. Heavy. And then he does like a voiceover. Sometimes he does a video cut, like he'll show the video and then he'll break the video down. Yeah. Sometimes he'll show the video with a voiceover of it. Sometimes he'll um, play the video and there'll be like a little video of him talking about what's happening, what's happening. Mm-hmm. Different from you. Yeah. Different delivery system, but he's still talking leadership. He's still inspiring. You know, what does he have? He has a half a million followers. He just raised $10,000 for the Operation Allies Refugee Foundation. Yeah. Um, He's a good buddy of mine. I talk to him pretty frequently. Dude, Um, I crush on him hard. (laughs) I mean, he is very handsome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, look at him. (laughs) Asshole. Great hair. He's a great dude, and he's a perfect example of what I was talking about earlier, because if you go to his comment section, it gets negative sometimes, and there's just absolutely no reason for it, because he's such genuinely a good dude. Like, what you see is what you get, right? When I talk to him behind this, like, you know, when, when I talk to him in a way that other people don't get to talk to him, um, and, and it and it's just like, I don't, I don't understand why we're not supporting each other. I yeah. really don't get it, right? Because he reaches more people than all these negative people in his comments do. He yeah. reaches more people with one post than they will in their entire life, yeah. you know? Yeah. And and it's just I don't it it's frustrating for me, but it is. Um, I may not I may not have the same pure, positive soul like you have because <laughs> sometimes I'll be like read one of these things I'm like, yeah, click on this person, message this person, listen to you little piece of shit. I don't know where you live, but I'm gonna bounce this IP address and I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna come to your home tonight. I'm gonna stand over your bed while you're sleeping, taking photographs of you. I'm actually gonna take your dog. I'm gonna find a dog that's very similar to your dog. I'm gonna kill your dog, but I'm gonna give you a different dog. But you won't know that this dog is slightly different until you see the photos of your dead dog. Like that's where <laughs> I know. I've been working on this, Austin. I will at some point be a better human but this is where i go when i see people start being mean to people trying to make a difference positively yeah Yeah. man well you are an amazing man you uh the little bit i know about you and um haven't done i I told you about some creepy due diligence that's happening on some of the military influencers right now yeah that's fine Um, yep we, we don't have a say in it. <laughs> They're going to be fine because I don't have any control over it. Yeah, we have no say whatsoever. Um, as amazing as the military is, sometimes it is weird to know that you are solely transparent and vulnerable to, not vulnerable, wrong word. Um, and it is good. It is just weird yeah. to know that like my records are accessible. Right. You know, my, my commander can look and see if I was useful two years ago in this other unit. Right. As they should. Sure. Yeah. Um, not that they're going to hold something against me. If you're a good leader, you're going to identify strengths and weaknesses in every person. hundred percent. But, um, it is weird. Military is awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so it's necessary. Cause like you, you need to be able to see a pattern, right? If somebody really is yeah. a turd. Um, but any good leader is going to be like, yeah, he wasn't that great at this thing two years ago, but you know, he's making improvements or we need to, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you just, you got to do the whole person concept. Um, but yeah, it is, it's, it's strange. It's strange. The attention, um, you know, I cannot go anywhere anymore to include other cities without somebody recognizing yeah. me, which I was shocked by. I went to a car dealership not that long ago. And one of the salesmen recognized me and I'm like, he's not in the military. He's no military affiliation. I'm in Houston and I'm just like, there's no reason for this guy to be following me, but he does. He likes the content because yeah. it's positive. Dude. Well, it is positive. You are positive. Um, the impact that you're having in the military is positive. Where do people find you? So you can find me on any major platform, and uh, but the the best places to follow are either TikTok or Instagram. Um, yeah. That's that's those are kind of like my home platforms. Um, I don't have TikTok. My daughters do, but they just screen capture stuff and send it to me when it's funny. <laughs> um, the uh, you, station here, you're starting to do some stand up too. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get into stand-up. Um, that's going to be awesome. I'm going to see you in stand-up. Yeah. Well, I'll have my voice at that time so I can scream <laughs> some weird stuff just to make it awkward. Please heckle me. Yeah, I will. My, it was my favorite things about stand-up is the quick wit of real comics. Yeah. And when that heckle guy gets up there, he's like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, like make this guy look like a fool. No, you're not. Yeah. You're, I really envy that because that people don't understand the, uh, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but being able to deliver those quick quips or like parry those, those heckles yeah. is like, that is a, that's a true skill. It is really, it is brilliant, genius level yeah. response. Pretty badass. We we had some articles up here, which we did talk through um, about army recruiting crisis, uh, and then the the public's confidence. Both of those public's confidence, especially, I think, really comes back to how we're communicating. We are doing the most important things on the planet right now. Mm -hmm. The U.S. military. Yeah. Um, pro Ukraine, against Ukraine, I don't care. Yep. We are doing. We are saving people's lives in one of the most important conflicts in in my lifetime. Um, what happened in Iraq and Afghanistan, whether you like George Bush, what happened on the ground there by the soldiers, airmen, Marines, epic, mm -hmm. epic heroic stuff. If you look at what we did off the coast of Africa, making commerce for the rest of the world happen, that was the American military. 100%. And uh, the fact that we have been receiving goods from Asia is one like if you look at whatever the thing is sitting in front of you whatever that thing that you're holding in your hand to watch this podcast mm -hmm. that was made possible by the united states military making secure channels of commerce yeah um man i love the military yeah and it, i i love that there are countries around the world that if they were in our position they would do things to the benefit for the benefit of themselves in their country and we do things for the benefit of everyone right when we create stability you can say whatever you want about the u.s but when we create stability it is of worldwide benefit and it and it's really powerful and it's really impactful for me to know that i'm in an organization that contributes to that dude you can't we can't finish podcasts on any other point but that right there my man an absolute pleasure. Thank you for driving down and grappling and then uh, doing the podcast. So uh, stay safe, stay free about violence podcast. Um, follow mandatory fun day on all things. Um, we'll put it in the, in the copy below and uh, God bless America. Awesome. How'd that sound? Yeah, you're awesome. awesome. Yep.